Amen. As we're approaching, coming to the end of 2022, it seems to have been sometimes some years, some years are fast-tracked. No sooner they're here and they're gone, blink of an eye. So I wonder what 2022 means for you. What does it represent in your life as 2021 and 2012? We seem to have lost a few years in between. Something happened. What happened to 2020? Amen. What's happening? Just passing through. I pray we learned great lessons and we've been blessed by our experiences. Amen. So as we lay fresh, as we look to the threshold of coming to 2023, what is that going to look like? It's going to be a, a, a repeat. You know, if you watch, they've got a thousand television channels and all the time they keep repeating things. Is our life going to be a repeat? Or a pause? Or wind back, winding? What is it going to be? What's your 2023 going to look like? So I want to explore that this morning, how we can move forward and look ahead to greater things. God has greatness for you. And I want to encourage you, don't settle for good. Good is the opposite to greatness. So God has better things for us as we step in over to a new threshold, new beginning, new expectations in what lies ahead of, for us. And I want to lay down a couple of Bible references uh, as the foundation for the message. Please think about the message you're listening to because it's a word of God to encourage you to help navigate through life's minefields so you can get to the best place for you. And two verses I want to lay down as a foundation. One is taken, they're both taken from Deuteronomy. One is Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. But let me just begin with Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6. And if you stand for these two readings, let's just and please be thoughtful, mindful, reflective what we're listening to. Don't let it just pass over your head focus get the detail for you personally for you this is a message for each one of us personally and it's for me as well the lord our god spoke to us in hebron saying you have dwelt long enough at this mountain thank you for that reading let's go to to uh second deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 1 to verse 3 then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the red sea as the lord spoke to me and we skirted Mount Seir for many days, verse 2. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward. Please take your seats. God bless you. You have skirted this mountain long enough. We sometimes stay fixed in one mindset and we don't move forward. You know, uh, what's going, 2023 going to look like for us, especially as we leave 2022? And so, so many times, in so many ways, we are trapped in our past. And as the senior pastor was saying, we're trapped in what should have been, could have been, would have been, and we don't venture further beyond that point. We're stuck in a particular place. And the past is like quicksand. It paralyzes you. He holds you and you cannot move forward. And what the Bible teaches us continually, there's got to be motion. You, don't, you, you do not stay in one place. 
And we have to get over a few things in order to be able to move forward. We have to get over our own personal mountains that we're going around and around and around that hole that's captivates us there. And we cannot move for progress and move forward. And whatever those mountains represent, Horeb or, or Seir, what do these mountains represent in our lives that hold us back? The word Seir means to be fearful, means tempest, means adversity. And sometimes we stay in a place of adversity that oppresses us and we don't move forward. Sometimes we play, stay in a place of control where the, where the environment controls us and we cannot venture further afield. And God is saying, enough, you've got to make the decision to leave that place. Interestingly, he gives us the, 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 the option, he invites us, he guides us, but he doesn't force us. He doesn't carry us out of that place. He allows us to make our decisions to step out of that place. The decision is in our hands. In the same way, he says he stands at the door and knocks and invites us to open a door for him that he will come into us and sup with us and make his abode with us in Revelation chapter 3.20. He doesn't break forth through the door. He doesn't force his way into our life. He invites us to open a door and invites him into our lives. He doesn't take control. He allows us to exercise our free will. He gives us enough information that we can make a free decision. He didn't say, like, drag them out away from the mountain. They're going around in circles. And what happens when you go around in circles? You end up in the same place where you began. You know, when I sometimes travel, go to different places, different parts of the world, and I'm trying to find, navigate, find my way around that may not have a map. We're not, back in the day, in my earlier years, I, we didn't have the sat-nav and the navigation systems. Now you don't even have to think where you're going. It does it all for you. Sometimes it takes you to dead ends, but that's a different story. But now, back in the day, you had to work it out. You had the A to Z. You had to connect one page to another page to find out where you were, and you were lost anyway. And you would, you'd always ask the wrong person the direction. And then just somewhere else you didn't want to be, you end up somewhere else and you think, well, I shouldn't have asked that. You know, you, you always find the person who doesn't know where, he's, where he is, let alone where you need to be. And I go around, walking around, trying to have a, and I come back and I think, this is familiar. <laughs> Has it ever happened to you? I've been around trying to know, and I end up in the same, I say, I've been here before. Yeah, five minutes ago, I've just gone around in a circle. And that's what the Lord is saying to the Israelites. You've been going around in circles. It's time to get out and change your direction. Because if you're doing what you did, you're going to get what you got. If you go around the same place, you're going to be in the same place all the time. Einstein said that insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. And it gets me when I read the words, I reflect, I said, Lord, how can I adapt apply your lessons in my life because these are these are lessons not for for just Israel it's for me there's the spiritual lessons and lessons for our spiritual journey here today not them back in the day this is the day the Lord has made we're rejoicing today and we are glad in it and, and we have many mountains that we need to overcome in our lives many obstacles or even obstacles we create for ourselves Sometimes we look at things through a magnifying glass with those to say, change your outlook, change the way you look at things. This is no longer a mountain, this is a molehill. Step over it. Or we trip over our own feet. In fact, when you run, as I was, we did the, 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 the runs, the, 
the 10Ks or we do the marathons, whatever. Yeah, if you, if you, if you understand the nature of running or jogging, whatever the case is, if you run peb where the pebble ground where there's little pebbles on the floor, if one of those little pebbles gets into your trainer, it's so uncomfortable you cannot run. It's a little pebble, but it stops you running. And little things sometimes stop us. So what do we do with these little things? We get rid of them. We take them out, discard them, and move on. And the things we need to let go to get away from whatever mountain we have been, you know, we have been bound to. It's time to move on. Stop skirting around. Because the mountains, we have different mountains that we're entangled with. We have mountains of, of fear. We have mountains of resentment. We have mountains of doubt. We're doubting all the time different things in our life question, which is, is not a problem to doubt. It's a journey. We, we have to ask sometimes questions. Uh, there, there's there's, there's, a, there's the, the mountain of, of different types of fear. But perfect love will cast out fear. Focus on the right. Who, you need to be guided and led by someone who knows where they are going. Amen. Praise God. And sometimes we have excuses why we're still at this mountain. We try and justify why we're still preoccupied with things, why we're going around in circles. We try and justify these things. There's a narrative in the Gospel of John of a man who was paralyzed for 38 years, we're told. And he'll be put in a particular place by the pool and waiting for the water to move. This is in Gospel of John chapter 5. I just want to just go over it. I don't want to expound on all the detail, but I just want to just draw a few, a few thoughts from this, a few lessons from this narrative of this individual who's 30 is paralyzed. And let's just take it in the Gospel of John chapter 5, um, in verse 5. It says this, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Interesting. There's a man paralyzed by the pool, waiting for the waters to stir. And Jesus singles him out, approaches him, goes to him himself and says to him, do you want to be made well? It's a strange question for Jesus to ask somebody who's waiting for the water to stir, to get into the water, to be healed, to be made well. Strange question. Out of context. It's going to the, it's just imagine yourself going to your doctor's surgery, going to the waiting room and saying to one of the patients, do you really want to be made well? <coughs> well, I wouldn't be here. The obvious answer is I wouldn't be in this doctor's surgery if I didn't want to be made well. It's a nonsensical question. doesn't make sense to ask someone that type of question. Because someone sitting in a dentist's office reception waiting for the dentist to drill in their teeth saying, do you want to be here? No, I don't want to be here. But I have to be here because I've got to... Inflammation, you see what, and strange question. It's a strange question for wisdom to ask. Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. He's, he's, the wise, he's wiser than Solomon. And he's asking this person a question that seems, doesn't seem relevant. No, it's not, it is relevant because sometimes we, re, we relish in our problems. We don't really want a solution. We like to talk about the problem. And everyone we see, we talk about the problem. And the more you talk about the problem, the problem becomes bigger. It amplifies and it magnifies. Look at a solution, discard the problem, and it will fizzle somehow, that it will find its level, and you can move away from it. If we keep regurgitating all the problems, we won't find the solution. Start working on solutions, not just looking at the problem. 
Yeah. You ask them, do you? And the man responded and said to him, look, you know what? I've got the perfect excuse why I, I can't be my condition, why I can continually complain, be embittered, and have pity parties all the time because there's no one to help me. The problem is not me. The problem is other people. I have no one to help me get into the water. So my problem is other people have created, this is other people's problem visiting me. Yeah? Watch this, watch this, this. Verse 7, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, other steps down before me. So it says, it's some, the, what, the reason I'm in this situation is someone else's fault. The blame game, projecting it on someone else. Yeah. But Jesus responded to the, his answer by saying to him, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed. Well, look, rise, take up your excuses and your Blocking the gangway. It seems insensitive for Jesus to respond in that way sometimes. Jesus seems to be insensitive, but he penetrates the heart, really what's really going on. Not what we want people to think what's going on, but what's really going on. He touches the heart. It is the same when Nicodemus came to speak to him in the Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 3. Watch this. Let me just quickly go. Nicodemus wanted to speak to him. Jesus answered, said to him, My surely say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus wasn't pre- didn't ask the question about the kingdom of God. He just made a comment about who Jesus was. But Jesus spoke to him what was really what's going on in the heart, what he really needed to hear, what was in his heart. And so with the same with this paralyzed man, Jesus said, look, just take up your bed, get, get up, take up your bed and walk. Take up all the excuses and move on. Sometimes I have excuses why we cannot do what we do unless we, we should really be attempting to do things and not just procrastinate in our excuses. So it's not, it doesn't, it's not as a strange question as it might seem. And sometimes we're in environments that we cannot see the solutions because we cannot see the wood for the trees. And sometimes there are situations we need to come out of them to see clearly, have a clearer vision, perception, an outlook in life. And there's another narrative in the, in the Gospel of Mark, which is in chapter 8, verse 22, where there's a man, a man who is blind. And his friends go to Jesus and ask him to heal him, to give him his sight. But Jesus, before Jesus enacts the miracle and blesses him and restores his sight, he had to do something in that man's life in order to facilitate his vision. Ah. Let's work Let's work together. I know you're looking at me very, not sure where this is going, but uh, just let's work this together. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida. We know he, we can be at the mountain of Seir. We can be at the mountain of Horeb. And we can be different places that block, hold us back from from moving forward and realizing fully our potential, what we can be or we should be. And Bethsaida is another place like this. So when he came to Bethsaida, they brought to him a blind a man, blind man to they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So they wanted him to touch him and impact his life. In fact, bring a healing. But verse 23, watch this. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Interesting, the man couldn't see, so he needed to be guided. Jesus had the capacity, the power to give him his sight in Bethsaida. He could have just spoken the word, he could have been healed. He could have touched him, he could have been healed. He could have been healed in Bethsaida. But sometimes Bethsaida is a place that holds us back, that limits our vision, our outlook and our perception. 
And sometimes God needs to take us out of a situation that we really see clearly and we not, don't get distracted by all the things around us, by all the trappings of what uh, Bethsaida represents. So he took him, the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Perhaps you are in Bethsaida now and God wants to take you by the hand and take you out of your personal Bethsaida. Whatever that Bethsaida means, whatever it is, God wants to take you out of there. Don't go running back to those, those places that blind you or put blinkers over, uh, over your eyes. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Jesus could easily have given him his sight there. But it would have been short-lived because it would have relapsed, gone back into that mindset of what Bethsaida represented. And we all have Bethsaida's in our life. We all have Mount Sires in our We all have places that we need to get away from, wherever they might be. There might be associations. It might be negative talk around our lives. And we need to get out of those. There might be relationship problems that are, are, are not conducive to our spiritual well-being, to our development, emotionally and mental well-being. We need to get out. This association is powerful. There's power in this association in the same way there's power in association. If you're connected to the right people, you can progress. If you're connected to the wrong people, you can go back. So if we want our vision to be clear, we need to get out of certain places that distract us, blind us, blinker us, blur our vision. We want 20-20 spiritual vision, not blurred vision. And often more than not, people have blurred vision because they listen to all the static noise around us and we cannot hear the clear voice of God because sometimes the clear voice of God speaks in a whisper. And we really need to be attentive, listening, really carefully to hear the voice of God and once Jesus performs this miracle he touches his eyes and I just want to read this very quickly and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him he spat on his eyes can you imagine you won't go to your optician today and they'll spit in your eyes he spat, wow, he spat in his eyes what, what, what method but people don't know this there's 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 healing properties in saliva I don't know there's antiseptic properties in saliva. I don't know if you're aware of that, but anyway, researching, you find that. Anyway, he spat in his eyes, and um, and he saw first, he saw dimly, he couldn't see clearly, he saw men as trees, then he touched him again, and then he saw clearly. Sometimes God needs to touch us once, twice, before we have a complete outlook, a complete emancipation, or whatever's holding us down. But nonetheless, it happens. If we persevere, it will happen. But God concludes the miracle by making this statement in, in verse 23, uh, sorry, uh, the, the, verse 26, 20, let me go to verse 26. Let's just move. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Meaning you move away from there. You've moved away from your Mount Sire. Don't go back there. Progress, move forward. And as you come out of 2022, don't go back to the mindsets of 2022. God has got new threshold, new, new uh, horizons for you, new outlooks for you, new opportunities for you. Press on, move forward. Very, very important. And, you know, sometimes we dwell too long in the places that are not conducive to our spiritual well-being. The psalmist in Psalm 120 verse 6 say, make this statement. Please take note of these because when you go about, you reflect, pray over them, and God will give deeper clarity and meaning in these words. Watch this. He says, this is this psalmist saying this about overstaying. My soul has dwelt too long 
with one who hates peace. Have you been in a situation that is really uncomfortable, painful to be in, hurtful? Have you been too long there thinking that situation would change? Have you been there thinking people around you will change? We need to change our outlook and not expect the environment to change. It is what it is. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, let me tell you, it's a duck. <laughs> Don't try and change that. You have to change. You know, our prayers, Lord, change her, change him. You're, it's the wrong prayer. Lord, change me, my outlook, how I look at the situation. Just give me the strength to overcome that, to deal with this situation. I cannot change them. God cannot even change them. That person's cruel to me. That person's unkind. That person's rude to me. That's that person. And, and, and the thing is, we want that. It's, it's, it's subjective, not objective. I cannot change anything but myself. Even the Lord couldn't change people. They crucified him. He loved his desires for all to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. But yet they still crucified him because he couldn't change their, their, their free will. Their, 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 their embitterments, their angers, their, their, their problems, they have to consent to it. It's consent. God wants consent when he moves into our lives. He doesn't force himself upon us. He's not a dictator. Yeah? He wants us to, to listen and make a decision ourselves for change, praise God. You, need the, you know the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said to him, Lord, what good work must I do to inherit eternal life? Di galon biiso, eonianzo ingliromiso. What good work must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to me, you, you follow the commandments? He says, yes, I've done that since I was a youth. Because he, he identified the commandments. So I've done this since I was a child. He said, you lack one thing. So what's that? He said, if you want to be perfect and have life, sell all you have, give to the poor, and follow me. The young man was grieved, and he went the opposite direction. Could Jesus change his life? No, it's his free choice we have. So it begins with ourselves. Amen. So we're in places, we dwell sometimes too long in places we cannot change. So we have to do something about it. If they don't change, we have to change. We have to get up and walk out of them and not be prisoners and procrastinating places expecting what should have been, could have been, would have been. It will never change. We need to change our attitude and our outlook in those situations. Because God has the best for you personally. And your best is not dependent on how other people see you and your environment. Your best is connected to who God is in your life. Hallelujah, praise God. You see, so verse 7 says this, watch this. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Have you ever encountered those people? They're always the antithesis, they're always the opposite. You say red, they say blue. You say up, they say down. You say left, they say right. You can never find, you know those balls, I gave an example of the balls. I bought different type of balls in the church. You had the baseball, had the football, had the, the, the rugby ball. You drop the rugby ball down, it goes any direction. One bounce back to you, you don't know where it's going to go. Some people like the rugby ball. You, you can't approach them, you don't know what way they're going to go. You, you cannot second guess them. You cannot anticipate their response, their reaction, because they're unpredictable. And sometimes life is unpredictable. But the only thing you can predict is what you're going to do. You may not be able to predict what they're going to do, but certainly you can decide what you're going to do. Come on, I wish I'm speaking to someone. So let's make that decision. If you're around, go around in circles. Stop going around in circles. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Start moving forward. So today, if you're in a place that is robbing you of your peace, it's time to move from there. If you're in a place that's stealing your joy, you've got to move from there and find the source of the joy that would help you transcend, rise above the mediocrity of life, uh, what, what's holding you back, holding you down. You've got to move. Have a vision for this year as you approach 2023. Have a vision. And I often always say in the new year, we all have New Year's resolutions, what we're going to do, what we're planning to do. Last year, I decided that the Christmas season on the 24th of December, and the senior pastor finds that amusing because uh, I, I, I was carrying a bit too much weight. I said, you know, I'm going to lose a lot of weight this year. And, uh, I, thought, and I started Christmas Eve, a diet. <laughs> Everyone was eating their turkeys and their and the mince pies, and it's just little crumbs. <laughs> you know, because if you put off to tomorrow, it'll never happen. It begins today. Today's the day, not tomorrow. Tomorrow always becomes, you know, elusive. It's today. If you're really serious about it, so you begin today. I'll do anything to achieve this. We'll start today. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and be glad. So what's your New Year's resolution you want to put down? And it's not just a New Year's resolution. It's a way of life. If you say New Year's resolution, it's limited. You need to say a way of life. You need to, your way, your, the way of your life. And the Bible teaches us, the Word of God teaches us how to navigate this and make it a reality. Confess it and act upon it and, and make it a reality. It's like you're driving your car, mirror, indicator, maneuver. We like looking at the mirror, but we never indicate a manoeuvre. We're always stuck, fixated looking at the mirror because we want to see what we look like all the time. The mirror indicates a manoeuvre. And it's time, church, so you need to, you've had your mirror time too long. You've done your indicator. Now it's time to manoeuvre, to get where you need to get. Do not procrastinate. And just sit there, letting the engine turn over. Now get the accelerator going. Come on. But work, fill your tank up. With your faith, hallelujah, with your understanding, with the, with the blessed anointing of God, so you can, you can, it's super powered. The vehicles of God are super powered, praise God. So I, I always say at this time, yeah, look, we need to put down, map out what we desire. Even if it seems unreasonable to other people, as long as you, you, inter- you want it in your heart, just write it out, plan it, map it out. What is your next 24 hours? What is your next 24 days? What is, what is your coming up to the, what's it going to look like for you? 20, what, what, what things do you want to achieve? What do you want to overcome? What do you want to better? What do you want to improve? Redefine yourself. Reinvent yourself in a good way. Let God be the author of that, this, to structure it, praise God. And the Lord tells these people, look, you write things down and then you can act upon what you remind yourself so you don't forget lest one forgets. The Israelites wrote their whole narrative of leaving Egypt to remind themselves where they had been so they will never experience that again. When I speak to my Jewish friends, it's good to have um, Pastor Oliver who oversees Watchman over Zion. We've had a very lovely relationship with the, with the, with the Jewish community. Uh, they will never let uh, Auschwitz happen again. 
They will never let the regime, the Nazi regime, ever happen again. They make provision for that. It will never happen again. From obscurity, they become one of the most technologically advanced nations in the world because they learn the lessons from their adversity, from their struggles. Praise God. And we need to learn our lessons from our difficulties. They need to be the fuel to make us better for it. Praise God. So it's time to cut that uh, that, that, that call that holds us back and move on and become all that you, God, has called you to be. He's called, called you for one. There's greatness, praise God. There's greatness in every one of you. And don't let anyone speak, say the opposite. Don't let anyone oppress you, hold you down. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God says, you write this down. Habakkuk told us in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, he says this. It says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. So write, make a note, outline, map out what you want to, how you want to see yourself in the next few months, in the next year. Map it out, make a point, record it for your own reference. Doesn't matter if other people do not see it, as long as you see it, that's what matters. And remind yourself, your goals, your aims, your objectives and then you, once you know where you're going to go, you're going to know the resource, what resources you need to get you where you need to be. And obviously the most important resource is your faith in God, your connection. But in the world, you need to connect to the right source, the right people. So Mount Sire will hold you back. So there is a Mount Sire around that hold us back, that keep us going around. Because they want you to be there because the world does not want you to progress. But God wants you to be the best. Yeah. The world doesn't want you to progress, but the Lord wants you to be your, the best. Hallelujah, praise God. So we write, write it down. So start making notes for your own reference, for your own benefit. And importantly, to move forward, you cannot look back. Yeah? I remember something that Pastor Andrew told us about the Italian drivers. When you get in the car, what was that? Shout it out for me, remind me. You don't need to worry about what lies behind. Just rip the mirror. You don't need to keep looking behind. You're not going backwards. You're not driving backwards. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we need to press on. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, this is what he says. Now, you need to not just slackly be uh, procrastinate and just uh, uh, walk backwards and, uh, you know, just trip over yourself. Hebrews tells us in 12, 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What does Habakkuk say? He says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So we need to be proactive, emotion, positive. So irrespective of what's happened in 2022, and I know there's been many challenges for all of us on different levels, in different ways. We've come through uh, lockdowns, we've come through isolation, we've come in through the wars, the conflicts in the Ukraine and Russia, we've seen all these things happen in Israel and all different parts of the world. You know, there's no guarantees in life, but one thing you can do, you can, for yourself, you can account for yourself. And that's what we're talking about, accounting for ourselves, being the best version of ourselves that we can be. With God's assistance and with the right people around you, you can be the best and achieve more than you can imagine and think, because God can do more 
more in abundance. As Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So move forward. And Paul tells us as well that one of the most important things that we need to acknowledge is that when you are moving forward, as uh, Pastor Andrew said, you don't look back. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says this, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So you just forget what lies, what you've been through, what's happened, just draw the line and move forward. So, so important. You need to exercise your faith and move forward. You know, and if the mountain's not moving, if you're, if you're not moving away from the mountain, you can ask the mountain to move through faith. If you have faith as a mustard seed, we're told, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and it will be moved. So if you can't move from away from your mountain, ask the mountain to move. And God will change everything. God will transform everything in your lives. Praise the Lord. God is about to do a new thing for us, I believe. Each one of you, you're included. Isaiah prophesied, proclaimed, and all the prophecies of Isaiah have come to pass. And there's still more coming to pass, unfolding. But he made this declaration, this announcement in Isaiah 43, verse 18. says, do not remember the former things. Forget the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Sure you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So God, around your mountain of sin, you're going around in the fearful, in your adversity, in your uncertainties. God is making a way where there is no way for you, for you to get away from whatever's holding you back. God is going to do a new thing. 2023. It's going to be characterized by new things, new beginnings, new opportunities, new adventures in God. God is going to do new things beyond our understanding and our imagination, praise God. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God wants to give us, transform us, he's given us a future and he's given us a hope, praise God. So I pray your 2023 is going to be the best year you've ever had till now. It's going to be better. Things will be greater, better for you, body, soul, and spirit. And whatever's holding you back, I pray the sword of the spirit of the word of God will sever them, that you can move forward and you can experience a joy that no one can take away in his love. Let's all stand together, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand together as we prepare also for the...